Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 2nd of February. What is it today? Thursday. It's kind of dizzying when you don't have games all week to kind of set your schedule by. But yeah, it's Thursday, uh, the 2nd of February. And I hope everybody is well, enjoying a little downtime uh, for the pseudo bye week slash all-star break for the Flyers. They'll be back on Monday to take on Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders. That seems weird to say. Uh, but Bo Horvat now a member of the New York Islanders. Maybe we'll get some trade talk and trades and that element will heat up here over the next couple of weeks in the NHL. It's a bit of a, a kind of a, a flat period right now. It's the dog days of the season and it's one of those times where is it the calm before the storm? Is it just the calm before the expected storm that doesn't come? Sometimes that's the case. You get all this hype about trade deadline and all this stuff, but it doesn't really deliver. You know, one of the things that came out yesterday on uh, Twitter I saw from Mark J. Burns. Now, Mark Burns yeah, writes about sports, the business of sports for the Morning Consult. And uh, he writes uh, an interesting tweet that says the NHL U.S. television viewership is actually down 22% this season per findings from at Austin Carp. He said NHL regular games to date have averaged 373,000 viewers on ESPN TNT in the second season of the league's seven-year pack with Disney and Turner. The NHL last year averaged 478,000 viewers at this point. So things are down year to year. Well, you can look and go, well, why is that? What is the reason why it's down this year? And the comments to the tweet are, are really interesting to me from, you know, the, the players don't have enough personality or not enough personality is shown. Um, perhaps it's key markets that aren't at the top of the standings. When you look at teams like Detroit, you know, an original six market sitting in the seventh spot of the uh, Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference, Montreal sitting in the eighth spot of the Atlantic Division, uh, the Flyers for that matter, seventh in the Metropolitan uh, Columbus, not a big market, but you look at St. Louis down a bit. Chicago, one of the worst teams in the league, another original six. And Vancouver even, a team that's been in the news a lot, but does that drive ratings? Does the teams that are at the top of the standings really affect television ratings when it comes to the NHL? I mean, for example, the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby are fifth in the Metropolitan Division. He's obviously been a name on the marquee. Colorado, who won the Cup last year, is 27-18-3, but they're fourth in their division. So do those things matter to viewership? Uh, I mean, there's great players in the league, but a great player like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl being in Edmonton doesn't do a tremendous amount. It's not a great market to market those players for them to be in. It's kind of like they're tucked away up there and forgotten by a lot of us down here south of the border in the United States. Now, the diehard fans, we know what they're doing. We know how great they are and all that stuff. But is that what's hurting the game? And then you think about you know this draft coming up with a player like Connor Bedard. Is he going to end up in Montreal where he can obviously be marketed to the moon? Is he going to end up in a market like Columbus? That's a smaller market. Or Arizona or Anaheim. Is that good for the league? I mean, it's. I don't think the draft lottery is fixed. I'm not suggesting that it is. But 
what is best for the NHL? Is it better for a player like Connor Bedard to end up in Philadelphia or end up with the Islanders or end up in Chicago or end up in Vancouver? So just something that I saw and wanted to think to, to kind of talk through a little bit, but I'm not sure of the answer. Perhaps you guys could provide it as well. Now, one of the things we talked about a couple days ago was I was talking about, obviously, Drive to Survive and what could, you know, get fans more invested and bring them in even further. And I, and I said that in that episode, it was from two days ago on Tuesday, that obviously if you're listening to this, you're already a Flyers fan. You're likely a hockey fan. There is a difference between a Flyers fan and a hockey fan. You can be a Flyers fan, but not really a hockey fan. You just watch your local team. Or you can be a Flyer fan slash hockey fan where you watch all hockey, but your favorite team is the Flyers. So I got a bunch of notes, and I want to go through a couple of them on this episode, and I'll go through a couple maybe tomorrow and the next day. But uh, Tony emailed me, jason.mertitis at gmail.com, and he said, Jason, I became a Flyers fan when our television network, Sky Sport, aired the Road to the Winter Classic between the Flyers and the Penguins in 2012. Um, First of all, Tony is from New Zealand, by the way. So Sky Sport is his network out there in New Zealand. But he said, the same as you with F1, it got me hooked. The the behind-the-scenes footage was something that really got me invested in the team. Since then, I've tried to learn more about the game and the history of the Flyers. Maybe it's time for a new show to target those fans out there that don't know what they like hockey for yet. He said, enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. And I, I, I agree with you. I think a way to grow the sport of hockey, to humanize players, is fly-on-the-wall content, which is, you know, the players do know there's a camera there. They do know they're mic'd up. But there is a period where you start to let the guard down. You almost forget that it is there. And that is a great way, I think, to expose fans to it. Peter Laviolette, in 2010, the Road to the Winter Classic, I think it was 2010. No, it must have been 2012. Uh, But he, at that time, became beloved in this town because on the road to the Winter Classic in 2012, we heard the, I'm not putting up with it, let's play with some jam, all the, the lines that became drops on radio stations and my radio show, all those things peeled back the curtain of the personality as a coach that Peter Laviolette was. It also peeled back the curtain on the goofiness of Ilya Brizgalov, which I would thought was a total turnoff. It wasn't for me, that guy. But there are other guys that you see in those shows and you go, I really like this guy or I don't really like this guy. But I'm more educated, seemingly, as to what I think they are. Uh, Dr. Electrica DM'd me on Twitter and said, Yo, Jason, once again, greetings from a snowy cold AF Montana. He said, I have a two-parter for you, and I'll start with Tuesday's question about social media content. He said, I'm sure any and every hockey fan loves when players are mic'd up. For example, the outdoor game against Pittsburgh. Take the earmuffs off, you nerd, when Konechny said that to Malkin. That was Stadium Series. He said, but further, I've personally always loved the -the behind-the-scenes footage that gives us that fly-on-the-wall look into how these guys interact off the ice. He goes, years ago, for instance, Scott Hartnell would film train rides, workout room time, and even the team taste-testing meatball sandwiches in the locker room on the road. He said, I'd love to see more evidence that these guys are straight-up human beings. It was mostly hilarious looks at our favorite athletes while 
proving the humanity that balances what they do for a living that got me. And he goes, secondly, awesome interview with Lappy about the farm. It made me want to pick your brain about the upcoming trade deadline. And he said, uh, trade deadline in regards to JVR, most likely gone. And there are podcasters and analysts out there talking about Hayes, Proveroff, and Braun. If a few names are gone by March 3rd, who do we see come up if movement occurs? Anyone besides Forster, Brink, and Adderd? Cheers, thanks, go birds, and uh, how about some Red Fang? I'm not sure what Red Fang is, but maybe that's a band. But, um, yeah, if JVR is gone, I think we'll see Brink. Uh, we Maybe we could see Forster. Uh, I think we could see Ronnie Adderd as a right-shot defenseman to come up at some point as well and get some time here. Um, I, I wouldn't look to see if Hayes and Provorov will be moved at the deadline. I just don't think that that's a deal that happens in season. But, yeah, mic'd up series to, for your uh, point prior is a good one. And that stuff, seeing players be players, I think is something that can grow the game and grow your connection not only to the team, but to the actual player. Uh, Flyers Ginger Ambassador tweeted in and said, I have many ideas about content you could create for Flyers Daily, but my questions for you are, how much time are you willing to put in? How much time are they willing to give you? How available are players? Can you incorporate video like a YouTube channel and post clips on Twitter or whatever? Where are you trying to take this? Like, how big do you want it to be? Uh, this is just me kind of spiffballing, and you know, maybe through some of this feedback, I put together some sort of proposal. As somebody who works for the team, I, I have pretty unprecedented access. The team and the organization have given me access to players and personnel that I've never dreamed I would get. Guys like scouts, guys like the analytics department, and Ian Anderson goalie coaches and assistant co- I've gotten just about everybody. So they've never really shut the door on any idea that I've come up with. But what I'm saying is I, I think that I would love to create some sort of content, almost like a daily journal, a video element to it too, with one big episode a week that's video. That's kind of where I'm leaning into it. And again, this is just me kind of spiffballing ideas, but I'm asking you guys what you want. And you know, be as greedy or as demanding with what you want as possible. We all want a winning team, yes, but uh, I'm asking from a content standpoint. Um, Mike Coleman messaged in and said, Jason, from your pod today, uh, from Tuesday, um, the content I want to see is regular, maybe weekly, docu-series of the Flyer season, in locker room, on ice, off ice, make me feel like I'm a teammate, similar to the 24-7 or hard knocks. He said, I think the Phillies did something similar in 09 with the bullpen on MLB Network. Not sure if it would ever be allowed, but if you could get buy-in from the organization and players, then you could capture both new and existing fans. The diehard community would grow exponentially, just my opinion. So there you go. A couple of uh, snippets of some of the responses I've gotten. I'm going to go through a bunch more. I got great ones here from Dan Marcus. I got another one from Nick Hankins. I got a bunch more to get through, and we will get through a bunch of them in the next couple of days. So... Uh, Everybody, thanks for listening. Keep sending in those thoughts. You can always DM me at Jason Mert on Twitter. You can always email me, Jason, J-A-S-O-N dot Mertitus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S at gmail.com. And we'll get to more of these uh, Flyers content related responses as the week goes on. Flyers will be back Monday to take on the New York Islanders. And I'm starting to chomp at the bit to get back into uh, the swing of things here. All-Star game this week. I'm not a big All-Star game guy, but... Uh, congrats to Kevin Hayes, who will be there, and it'll be a good story. Uh, but I'm ready to get the season back underway. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily. My pain.
Cut off my pride.